College basketball season is now officially over after Monday's uh, championship game between UNC and Kansas, a classic uh, game. We will look at an IU connection to that game, and IU uh, gets to play the national champions next season, as well as starting our uh, season recaps by looking at the women's basketball team and head coach Terry Morin. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Tuesday, April 5th. This, as always, is Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU athletics, news, analysis, uh, previews and recaps, everything in between. I'm your host as always, Jacob Rood. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Hoosiers part of your day today. More specifically, for making it your first listen every single day. Uh, we greatly appreciate that. A reminder, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. You can find us uh, episodes there at 7 a.m. every morning. As I said, the uh, men's basketball season officially wrapped up. On Monday, uh, the Hoosiers are going to get to play the national champion Kansas Jayhawks in Kansas uh, next season. We'll talk about that and the history of playing the national champions uh, as well. As always, you can subscribe to Locked on Hoosiers wherever you listen to your favorite podcast app. Follow us at uh, on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to make one more comment about yesterday's episode. For those that missed it on Monday, we talked about the kind of Xavier Johnson situation. Um, We talked about Thad Mata leaving and kind of the current state of IU basketball. And that wasn't an episode I wanted to make. And maybe I, I didn't make my point clearly enough because I got a couple comments about I was just kind of eager to trash IU basketball, which Far from it. I was trying my best to be fair. If if I'm being honest, I don't think IU basketball is in a bad space at all right now. But I it's I felt it was only fair to kind of present the facts. Maybe I presented them too much because if people think I was being too hard on them, then uh, in reality, I think IU basketball is in a fine place. I fully trust Mike Woodson and him leading this program and him making. Uh, potential disciplinary decisions with Xavier Johnson. That's the last we're going to be talking about the Xavier Johnson situation until there is a punishment or anything of that nature, though. But if you guys want to hear more about that, go listen to Monday's episode after this. For today's episode, what a game that national championship was. Uh, At halftime, I thought it was done and dusted. I was only going to give it about five more minutes into the second half before turning it off and recording this episode, to be honest. But I gave it those five minutes. Kansas came flying out of the gates in the second half. Just an insane comeback. Biggest in title game history. And honestly, I thought Kansas was the better team coming into the game. UNC looked like they ran out of gas. They relied a lot on their starters uh, in that game on Saturday, a really emotional game that one was. Looked like they started to run out of gas in the second half. Uh, McCormick was dominant in that second half after 
struggling in the first half. And Kansas wins that one. It's an interesting tie into the Hoosiers because they're going to get to play the national champions on, uh, or next season, I should say, in December. Part of that home and home series. They will travel to uh, Kansas first to start that series uh, before the Jayhawks come to Bloomington the following year in 2023. There's only been a handful of times the Hoosiers have played the defending uh, reigning champions since 2001. Kind of made the cutoff there because Michigan State was the year prior. Obviously, I knew they had played Michigan State. Since 2001, they've only done it four times. It happened in 0102 with that 02 tourney run that we again talked about uh, in Monday's episode, two days running. We've mentioned that team. Happened the next year, 0203. The Hoosiers played Maryland, I believe, in the Big Ten ACC Challenge, a rematch of the championship game. Hoosiers came out on top in that one. Obviously, they won the 0102 game as well. Uh, that Maryland game featured a 30-point performance from uh, Tom Coverdale as the Hoosiers beat Maryland in overtime, 80-74. to Happened again in 04-05 against UConn, a game the Hoosiers lost by five points. Leading scorer for IU was Bracey Wright with 28. Uh, so we have a history of at least somebody going off in that game against the defending champions. And then 2015-16, the Hoosiers traveled to Cameron Indoor Stadium to play Duke, but obviously it was not really a Duke team that had a whole lot of the major pieces from winning the title. Uh, They got hammered in Cameron Indoor Stadium, not been a very pleasant place. They lost 94-74. to Brandon Ingram uh, had 24 points in that game for Duke. IU was led by Troy Williams with 17 and Yogi with 15, James Blackman Jr. with 14. But this will be the fifth time they play the defending national champions. That'll be a a really fun game. And I know a lot of people wanted a tougher schedule next year uh, moving forward. You're not going to find many games tougher than facing the defending champion Kansas Jayhawks in Fog Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, in December. So they're certainly going to be tested in that one. Some other news for the Hoosiers. Uh, IU is in Kwame Evans Jr.'s top five. Uh, For those unaware, Evans is the number two prospect in 2023, according to 247 Sports, a 6'9", 200-pound forward. His final five are the Hoosiers, Auburn, Kentucky, Oregon, and UCLA. He spoke with 247 Sports about his decision. Uh, Quote, they're a great coaching staff. I have a great relationship with Mike Woodson and Kenya Hunter. Also, my teammate Jalen Hood-Shafino is going up there as well, so I'm going to go up there and visit. I don't have a set date yet. Yeah, this is another Montverde Academy prospect interested in the Hoosiers. That pipeline is wide open. We have Jalen hood Uh Malik Renault is somebody that the Hoosiers are recruiting for this upcoming class. And then now you have Kwame Evans Jr. There are certainly worse programs to have a pipeline to than Montverde right now. However, early signs kind of point towards Oregon. 
Uh, Nike, it sounds like, is willing to really throw in some NIL money. And uh, so you might see Oregon start to make more and more noise when it comes to men's basketball. But right now, it seems like they're the leaders in the clubhouse. A whole lot can change, especially if he hasn't even taken visits, or at least all of them yet. But that 2023 class right now has Ja'Kai Newton, number 61 prospect, as well as Gabe Cups, who we've mentioned a fair amount. He's number 129. We'll see if he moves up. He was Mr. Basketball in Ohio last year or this past season. So it'll be interesting to see if he moves up. But we'll certainly keep monitoring Kwame Evans Jr.'s um, recruitment. And he said he wanted to commit during his senior season. So who knows exactly when that'll be. But uh, it's exciting to be mentioned in a top five of any kind of top recruit uh, of that category. So again, that Montverde uh, pipeline is wide open for the Hoosiers. That's all for the kind of current news. So now we're going to start uh, these season recaps and we're going to start with the head coaches. We'll explain the format. We'll explain the schedule here in just a moment. This is about the time of year that I have fully given up on my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. With the Built Bar, I'm going to stick to my resolution to keep eating right. Why? Because I enjoy eating Built Bars so much. All Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, 100% real chocolate. That is by far the biggest reason that I eat so many of them. They taste like candy bars, they're, but they're low calorie, they're high protein. Um, they're high fiber, low carb. You can compare them to whatever your favorite candy bar is. And these are going to be so much better. They're going to be better for you. They're going to taste better. Uh, built bars kind of strategy is to make a bar taste good and then figure out how to make it healthy. The result is you have flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, um, raspberry, Anything, cookies and cream. They had white chocolate cookies and cream as a limited time flavor. They're always bringing out limited time flavors. So head on over to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks again for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you guys get podcasts. These long-rumored, awaited uh, season recaps are upon us. We're going to start with the women's basketball team. So on Tuesday and Thursday's episodes, we will do the women's team on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We will do the men's team. It'll likely be something similar to this. The first segment will get you caught up on some news. Second and third segments will do these recaps and we're going to start with both the coaches so we're going to do terry morin uh, in today's episode we'll do mike woodson tomorrow go back to the girls excuse me women's team on thursday and then the men's team on friday i'm going to try to get some guests brought in to talk about uh, these players just to get um some more uh opinions and whatnot um a fresh set of eyes a fresh voice i guess be a better way of saying it uh, to talk about this. So I already have one guest lined up for this week. We're going to try to get you um, all types of insight 
and whatnot for these. So starting with Terry Morin, um, she came into this season uh, in a much different scenario than Mike Woodson. With Mike Woodson, you had a team that we really didn't know a lot about. Uh, There were a lot of pieces that transferred in. Uh, some freshmen that we thought would play big roles. You obviously knew about Trace and Race. You didn't really know about a lot else, and it was you obviously didn't know a lot about Mike Woodson. So there were a ton of question marks there, literally the exact opposite with the women's team. There were no question marks. You knew what you had with this women's basketball team. You had a group that entirely was together the year prior and made that tournament run, and then they all came back. So it was an entirely different circumstance that Terry Morin came into. With the men's team, there was a lot of figuring out. That's why you had a schedule as they did uh, with the men's team, where you were trying to ease into things as you figured it out. If you look at the women's schedule, it was it was daunting. And we knew it at the time, and it, even in looking back at it in hindsight, um, you get Kentucky that made the tournament. Stanford was in the Final Four. Miami made the tournament. You get NC State in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Um, There were other teams that mixed in there that were competitive in non-conference play. So this was a team that was challenging itself against some of the best programs and seeing uh, what they could do from day one. And that was... um, That was a group that needed just to kind of iron out the the kinks and Terry Morin's job was a lot more about player management than it was about learning a style or anything like that. Now, that being said, it doesn't mean that she didn't have her hands full this season because what she was able to do with this team, when you lose a player like McKenzie Holmes, obviously this was a super talented starting five, but losing Holmes, who was the team's best player, to be able to adapt the way she did uh, and that this team did not lose really without her is a testament obviously to the players, but to Morin herself, they had to adapt on the fly. This was a team that uh, played inside out quite a bit with Holmes and you lose that, you have to change some things up and you rely a little bit more on your guards who you had a ton of uh, both in terms of quantity and quality and uh, you adjust some things, play a little more, um, spread the court a little bit more, play on the perimeter a little bit more. It was a different team without McKenzie Holmes, as you would expect it would be. Part of that is what made the integration process a little more difficult, is going back to the style of play that they had with Holmes. And I thought the team found a good blend of, the style that they were when Holmes was healthy early in the year and the style that they were without her. And without her, it it almost gets lost sometimes that this team, with a week to go in the season, was two games up in the Big Ten tournament before fatigue and the schedule really caught up with them. Um, but heading into that final Saturday of the regular season, before that Iowa game, IU had a two-game lead. Obviously, they lose their final three games and go from first to fifth because that's how the Big Ten was this year. But I think their run in the Big Ten tournament showed you just how 
good this team was, and you don't make runs like that without being well coached. It's really tough to win a game, prepare for the next team, and execute all within inside of 24 hours, and then do it again, and then do it again, and then do it again. They did it four times in that stretch of winning. They win, play the next day, win, play the next day, win, play the next day, obviously. You you have to have a, a high level of coaching to be able to do that, and that goes on the coaching staff as a whole, not just Terry Morin, but she was at the helm of that, and she was able to get these women uh, playing at a really high level, and they peaked during that tournament um, and heading into the NCAA tournament. And realistically, they they lose to UConn, but that was a UConn team that made the national championship game. So it's frustrating, but if you look back at, at what um, at where the women's basketball team kind of tournament runs have ended – it is it always ends to to really good teams. Um, this year was Yukon made the national title game. Uh, the year prior last year was that Arizona team uh, that was led by Ari McDonald that was incredible. Uh, they were in the uh, they won the national title, excuse me. Um, so you look at they lost to Sabrina Ionescu. They lost in 2016 to the Notre Dame team that I think made the Final Four as well. Uh, they did not make the Final Four, but still, nonetheless, uh, your three last uh, tournament losses have been to runner-up, national champion, <laughs> number one pick in the WNBA draft. So it's a level the Hoosiers need to get to, but this season was incredible for them. And Terry Moore did an amazing job of keeping this team on track, even with injuries and having them in a position to succeed. Ultimately, they didn't come away with one of their goals of a Big Ten trophy, either regular season or tournament. They came agonizingly close in both of them, despite losing an All-American center right in the middle of the season, despite having a two-week COVID break, despite having an absolutely insane schedule in February. So hats off to her and what she was able to do with this team to keep them on track and keep them competing at that high level. Now, what is the kind of expectation right now moving forward with her and with this program? And we'll talk about the challenges that are going to come for this women's basketball program here in a moment. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championship odds, podcasts, and reviews from all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. They uh, BetOnline had the line at minus four for Kansas coming into this one. They did not cover. That was a wild ride. I am sure anybody who bet Kansas minus four. I know that Kansas had some pretty big odds at halftime if you wanted to do some live betting upwards of plus 300 um if you were on bet online and took those odds you are rolling in the dough today head to the website today though or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action bet online where the game starts so i don't want to repeat myself a ton because i did talk 
kind of about this point, uh, when talking about the end of the women's basketball season, I believe it was last week in the podcast we did, the challenge that's going to come for Terry Morin and this women's basketball team now is maintaining this level, uh, building on the momentum that you have. When you have a kind of once in a generation, once in a whatever you want to call it, when you have a run like what the women's basketball program had the last couple of years, it's hard to sustain that. And you see all the time programs have these magical runs, these like golden generations is kind of a phrase used more in soccer, but this group that is able to make these runs because of the COVID year, because of the way women's basketball is, IU was able to do it over a two-year period, which made it a lot more exciting, but is going to make it that much more challenging to build off of moving forward. Um, and that's going to be the challenges that IU is going to have is continuing to go up after you have back-to-back seasons of Sweet 16 and Elite Eight. At this point, the expectation for this program is going to be a lot higher than it was prior to the 2020 tournament or 2020 season. I don't think it's unrealistic to to have an expectation of sweet 16s, um, especially with what IU is going to have coming back next season, kind of specific to that. Terry Morin is going to have a lot of help in continuing this momentum because McKenzie Holmes is going to be back. Grace Berger is going to be back. They're going to be on a lot of preseason All-American lists, teams, ballots, everything uh, that they do during the preseason. These two are going to be on. These are two All-Americans that you're going to have coming back. That makes it a lot easier to continue building on this momentum. Uh, so it, I even or especially with these two, I think the expectation is going to be Sweet 16. But the challenge is going to be building a program that you're able to do that year after year and you're able to replace the Grace Burgers, the McKenzie Holmes, um, this year, the Allie Patbergs, the uh, Alexa Goulbays, the Nicole Cardano Hillary's replacing those and continuing to build. That's going to be the challenge for this team is to not have those drop-offs, not have those valleys, keep everything at a, a baseline level here. So having players stepping up um, is going to be one of the uh, challenges into some of these holes of those seniors we just mentioned. That was a small silver lining that we talked about this year with having Holmes go down is that you had people like um, Goulbay at the time, though she graduated, Keandra Brown, um, Chloe Moore McNeil, they stepped up and they're going to get much bigger roles. And now it's a challenge of the staff to be able to, to develop players um, to able to contribute at that high level. Uh, that's probably something I didn't mention enough when looking back on the season is the player development. You saw a player like Chloe Moore McNeil go from someone that wasn't playing a ton and certainly not important minutes at the beginning of the season to by tournament time, there were games where she was closing, especially in the Big Ten tournament. There were games where she was closing. Um, so you see that kind of player development, and that's going to be key is um, finding those those right players on the recruiting trail and then developing them into contributors. So that's going to be one of the biggest challenges for this staff moving forward. You hope that they're going to be able to take advantage of this momentum on the recruiting trail. 
and land some big recruits, maybe some Indiana recruits. Um, Indiana women's basketball always produces a um, couple of top 100 recruits each season, it seems like. I know they go more under the radar than the men's side, but landing a couple of those now is going to be um, maybe the goal for this program on the recruiting trails to get a couple big commits like that. And um, it's not really been something the women's program has done. They've been able to recruit some more overlooked players, not your super high recruits. They're not getting the Romeo Langfords, the Trace Jackson Davises, guys like that. Um, they're getting some of the lower, not necessarily hidden gems, but um, Grace Berger was a top recruit, but she wasn't a top 20, top 10 recruit. And they've been able to turn players like her into um, All-Americans. So that's going to be the continued challenge that this program is going to have to have. But it's going to be a tough one to build on this momentum and not lose this steam and keep this program performing at a high level. But Considering what Terry Morin has done with this program in her time here, I have full confidence that she is going to be able to do that. We will look at Mike Woodson tomorrow and have a similar type of discussion about looking back on his season, looking forward at the men's basketball program. But thank you guys for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Appreciate all the love. We continue to get a ton of support over at YouTube. Be sure you go over there and subscribe. You can watch the podcast over there every day. So appreciate all the love over there. We'll be back the rest of this week with these recaps as well as any other IU news going on. So be sure to follow us on Twitter, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, leave a rating and review, helps us out a ton. Most importantly though, guys, have a tremendous Tuesday and LEO.